Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious, smooth CBD Strava Craft Coffee. And Strava Craft Coffee not only is delicious CBD coffee, but it packs that CBD punch, which helps relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on with your body that CBD can help relieve. And not only do you get the caffeine boost, but the CBD can help relieve and get rid of the coffee jitters for some people. So you can have as much Joe as you want and you never feel the jitters. And on top of that, I got another double whammy for you. If you use the code DNVR at checkout or DNVR25 at checkout, you'll get 25% off your first purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. And once you fall in love with it, once you subscribe to Strava, you'll get 20% off on every single order after that. And you can have it set up to be delivered as often as you want straight to your home at that 20% off. It'll just show up every two, four, six, eight weeks or however often you want. That Strava Craft Coffee will show up 20% off. So check them out over at Strava Craft Coffee and smash that code DNVR25 at checkout. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday. Week four is officially started in the NFL season. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show to start Ravens week, Mace, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because MSU Denver Online is the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to face-to-face courses. They don't care over at MSU Denver if you are going to college online or if you're going in person because you get the exact same education, which means you get the exact same degree. So make sure to check out MSU MSU Denver Online. It's Trez and Jared want to know all about it. So check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, what is shaking, my friend? Hey, you know what? We had that headline on the Broncos for real. Mm. If they win on Sunday, it'll be F-O-U-R. Oh, real. they will See, be for there, real. There's the headline. Okay, there you so go. don't try to use it. So next I'm week, already claiming it. Next if the week we're win. using it. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. So, Mace, let's jump right in. Are the 3-0 Denver Broncos, are the AFC West leading Denver Broncos, are the AFC leading Denver Broncos for real? Define the level of for real. Are we talking Are we talking about them pushing for an AFC title, or are we talking about being a playoff contender? Let, let's talk about this in multiple different senses, yes. but, the, but the way I'll present it to you at first is are they a for real 3-0 team? I mean, they beat the teams in front of them. But yeah, they did. Very good. <laughs> Would they be three and zero if one of those teams were the Kansas City Chiefs or the Cleveland Browns or the Buffalo Bills? Probably not. Wait, let let let's break it <laughs> yeah. down this way, Mace. Yeah. Would they be for real if they had the Las Vegas Raiders scheduled they've, that they've had so far? Because the Raiders and the Broncos, crazy enough, are the only two undefeated teams in the entire AFC. And here's what the, the Raiders schedule has looked like. Ravens at home. We'll find out about that one in just a couple right. of days here. Steelers on the road. Funny enough, we'll find out about that one just about 12 days from now. And then Dolphins at home. The Raider, the, the Ravens game is the one, and we're that's why we're going to know about that. I think on Sunday. Yep, I think so too. I, I think based on what we have seen from the Steelers, as good as their defense is, there, there's something missing. And the Broncos' defense, by the way, would be the best one that the Steelers have faced. So they only get ten on Cincinnati. Would you be surprised if the Broncos hold the Steelers to ten? Or even six or six or nine points. No, in and, Pittsburgh, and no, neither. And Mace, and and that's where this conversation starts for me is saying if the Broncos are for real, this defense is for real because it's yes. not like they've been messing around and allowing twenty points to these bad teams, but only holding them to twenty. No, 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 no. no. They have been un. Believable, holding every opponent to under 14 points, averaging only 20, or they've only given up uh, as a team 26 points, but one of that came off a punt return. So really, they've only given up seven points a game. It exactly. Yeah. So this defense is for real, and we're not talking about this team winning games 41 to 40 because Teddy Bridgewater has gone off for five touchdowns, and people are wondering, can he maintain this? No, we're, we're not wondering that. That's when I think there would be questions. What we're talking about is an entire defensive unit that has battled through injuries is still looking this good. And, Mace, that's something that carries over into October, November, December, January. And we found out a couple years ago, even February. You start getting some of those parts on defense back. Obviously, Josie Jewell's out, but you're going to get Ronald Darby here probably back probably after this game. Yep. You're going to get Bradley Chubb back in another few weeks here. But Darby, Darby coming back is interesting because it does give you an embarrassment of riches at the cornerback position. How do you kind of move things around? Maybe do you, do, do you have more packages that, invo that involve that dime? And Sertan has done really well on the outside, but do you have him assuming a dual role where sometimes he's playing outside, sometimes he's playing inside in the dime? Because you get to some of these opponents, like you get to the Raiders in a, in a couple of weeks, right? And the Raiders, you're probably going to want to go with a lot of dime. Yep. And you're going to want Patrick Sertan covering Darren Waller. Ooh, juicy. Yes. That's your best shot, right? Yep. So you're getting, you're getting Darby back in the nick of time when you're really going to start needing him. And needing those for and needing those packages against teams that go so deep in terms of pass catching targets. Yep. So that part works out great. Mm -hmm. And another thing, Mace, is 
What happened last year to the Broncos at the beginning of the season? Just decimated by injuries, and they weren't able to overcome that. And that was an excuse. Some people called it a legitimate reason. This year, Mace, they've been hit just as hard, pretty much, except for like a season-ending injury to a Von Miller type. They've been hit just as hard in terms of on the field. And you know what? It's not an excuse anymore. It's not a reason why they're losing. They're finding a way to overcome that, and that is huge because, sure, injuries can be a legitimate reason why a team struggles, but Mace, every team is going to have injuries. The Broncos were hit so hard last year, harder than most teams, but they're being hit so hard this year, harder than most teams, and they're still making it through, even against bad teams. So that's another reason why I'm saying this Broncos team is for real, and another reason Mace, why I'm saying this Broncos team is for real, is look at the way that this team was built. They were built with, supposed to win with an elite defense, and at least an average offense would make them a playoff team. Well, what do they have? They have the best defense in the NFL, only giving up 26 total points to this point. Next best is the Panthers at 30, and their offense is better than average. Right now, I believe they're just shy of the top 10 in terms of points scored at 76 and that is the formula for success for this team so again they're not winning in fluky ways here and then mace maybe the most important thing to show that they're 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 for real even after playing three bad teams is they have the largest point differential in the entire nfl at plus 50 they're tied with the bills for that lead but that tops the nfl and so you can say well the teams they've played are really bad that's true. 0-9, which is pretty crazy. But look at the margin of error that they've built themselves, Mace. They can they have plus 50. That means they're winning games by an average of 16.6 points per game. That is a huge margin of error for when they go up against good, better teams. Mm-hmm. And they can, instead of beating teams by 16 points, they can beat them by still two touchdowns less. And they're still winning those games. So everything we've seen from the Broncos so far, nothing that I can really point to, and in turn, and outside of like you know individual play uh, for, mm-hmm. from positions, says that they're not for real. Here's the interesting thing: like if you go to Football Outsiders and look at the DVOA, which is getting into value over average, so this accounts for the quality or lack thereof of your opposition. Broncos' offense is seventh. Yep. And now, so some of that is on yardage and overall efficiency. They're actually slightly below in terms of the opponent average over the course of the year in terms of what their offense has accounted for. I believe it's like 0.8 points per game below the below the average. But then the flip side of that is the Broncos are holding opposing teams to 5.3 points below their average, yep. which is really significant here and why I think people shouldn't be disappointed if they see the Ravens put up right. 20, 21, 22, 23 Abs- points. Absolutely because you know not. what? If you hold the Ravens to 22 points, yep. then you have done exactly what you did in the first three games a- average-wise in terms of holding your opponent below their average. The Ravens are averaging a little over 27, about 27 points a game. Yep. So if you hold them to five point three points below, they're sitting right there at twenty two. And that's all you could, that's all you can ask for, from a defense. And do you think this offense is good enough to score twenty four points? Ab- absolutely. At home, a- yes. absolutely. That's kind of the magic number, right? Yep. And we've seen them hit twenty four points through th- two out of three games. And the game they didn't hit that threshold 
in Jacksonville, it was because they took a knee at the end. They were, right. If they play that out, they score 30. Mm-hmm. So you would be looking at, th- at three games above that magic number. Don't forget the Jets' defense is pretty good. I mean, Carolina had, what, 19 points yep. against the Jets? New England had 25. Broncos had 26. I know people are frustrated about the lack of red zone success, but you did better against a pretty good defense, what appears to already be at least an average defense, maybe even a tick above average, and you put up 26 points on them. Yep. That's that's actually a very good output Yeah, against the Jets. Yeah, it you're, is. You're and, satisfied with and, that. And, and the Jets just above right. league average in terms of uh, points allowed per game, and the Broncos hurt that league average, or hurt right. the Jets as well by putting up 26 uh, points against them. Uh, and so, Mace, let's let's break it down more more precisely. So, yes, they're a for-real 3-0 and team. Yes. Are they a for-real playoff team? They're a for-real playoff team, still a fringe playoff team, though. Okay, now like, now why fringe? Because that would make me think, okay, maybe they're not 100% for-real, which is okay. I mean, th- there can be different levels. They're, and when I say fringe, I mean, like, seed 5-7. to seven. Okay. Even though, yes, they are in first place today. Tied with the Raiders, one game by the Chargers. The Chargers getting that win in Kansas City on the heels of that narrow loss to Dallas. If the Chargers have figured out how to win close games, which has been their issue the last couple of years, mm-hmm. if they have remedied that, the Chargers are probably going to end up ahead of the Broncos at the end of the season because it's a more complete team. With all respect to Teddy Bridgewater, you have a quarterback who's capable of accomplishing a lot more. So it's just it's just the way of things. The Broncos might be a third-place team that has 11 or 12 wins. Really, the variable in that might be is how, how down is Kansas City. Right. How off, how off are the Chiefs? Right. So that's why I say I, don't, I still don't see division title from this team. Okay. I do, however, look at the Broncos schedule and see you've still got games left against Philadelphia and Detroit yep. at home. So you already have three wins stuffed away, acorns in the tree. Couple more. That's five. Oh wait, you just said something that what? that really made me think. This is a for real team. If you and are this... comfortable stashing away wins against bad teams, yes. then that is that's and a level of for real that makes the Broncos have not been there since they, Peyton Manning. Was they here. haven't, and because that's five game, that's three games they have, and there are two more games that I think you ought to be able to put in sharpie at this point. Wow! I'm, no, that's for I'm real. Not, I'm not putting Cincinnati in sharpie, okay? Because uh, yeah, what we either. have seen from Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase together is that the two of them are capable of taking over a game, even against a defense that is geared towards stopping the two of them. Yeah, and, and the, that's the Bengals right now, two and one, Mace. R- right. So we're not putting that one in sharpie, but I think you put Detroit and Philly in sharpie. That's five wins, and then against everybody else. Can you get can can you go five hundred? Right. Actually, I mean you don't even probably have to go five hundred. You can probably go five and seven and still be a seventh seed. But I think it but you go five hundred and you're against those other teams, you're eleven and six. You're yep. probably comfortably in the playoffs. You are. Probably a six or a seven seed. Yep, probably not division. Right. But you're comfortably in the postseason. Yep, yep. And, and I and think this team can go 500 against everybody else. Oh, absolutely. And I expect that to happen over the next uh, yeah. month right now, Mace. But can they go win 
75% of the games against everybody else without would, dropping any of the games right. that you have in sharp. And that would and and that's the difference between viewing this team as for real from for being a playoff team or viewing this team as for real in terms of contending for a Super Bowl. I don't think they're there. We will probably get our answer here in the next 6 games. If the Broncos go 3 and 3 in the next 6, then they're for real as a playoff contender. But what if in that six next and six, three too. let's say they go four and two. Let's say they, maybe they steal a win that you don't expect. Maybe they, like, and I would say ste- stealing wins would involve getting a win at Dallas, at Cleveland, and may- maybe against Pittsburgh, but not, well, let's, let's say Baltimore, Baltimore, yeah. Cleveland, Dallas. You win those games, win one of those games, you're stealing one. You should beat the Raiders at home. The Raiders are a good team, but you should beat them in your in your backyard. Mm-hmm. You should beat Washington at home. Yep. And the way Pittsburgh is trending, you should beat them. You win one of those other three games, Dallas, Cleveland, Baltimore at home, then you can talk about this. T- you, you, you can talk about this team. I mean, shoot, they could be eight. If they do that, they could be eight and two. Yep. At the bye. So you, eight and two. So is that and then you're and then you're a legit Super Bowl contender. Do you feel like you have to wait until the bye in order to say that they're a legitimate uh division contender? I would say probably if they beat the Ravens, Steelers, and Las Vegas, if they take these next three, then I don't think we have to wait for the bye to know that. Okay, and then what about Super Bowl? The game that could determine, like the, the the two games that could determine whether it's a legit Super Bowl contender are Cleveland and Dallas, because da- Dallas is really good and really. I think we're going to look back on Dallas Chargers Week Two as a couple of the league's top eight teams playing a team that went down to the end. I agree, and I- and I, Dallas I think has clearly established themselves as one of the best, one of the top quarter of teams in the league. It's going to be really tough to go down there in November. We're looking way ahead here. I but that's so a too. that's a tough matchup. Well, but I think we can start looking at that and saying there that's another litmus test game. There's going to be the litmus test game this Sunday. And I think the next real big litmus test is probably Cleveland. Unless you lose to both Pittsburgh and Las Vegas, then you fail the test and you're struggling. Right, right. you're starting over. But Baltimore, Cleveland, Dallas. Those are the games that I think determine whether this team is more than just a fringe playoff team. And then you can start dreaming the big dreams of SoFi Stadium in February. And and I think I think that test that you just described isn't determining if the Broncos are a playoff team. I think all they have to do is really win the games that, that, that they're supposed to win, steal one they're not supposed to, and then they can drop one that they're not supposed to. Then they're a playoff team. With this 3-0, the 3-0 start, Mace gives them a huge cushion. 75, the magic right. number, 75% of teams that start 3-0 make right. the playoffs. That number's only going to go up with an extra playoff team it's being added. It's 80% if you start looking at where they are point differential-wise. There we go. So, well. I, so, so that's why I think this team is already a for-real playoff team. I don't need to see anything more. Uh, those games that you talked about before the bye, Mace, those are to determine if the Broncos are are a legitimate contender in the AFC West for for that title because we know with the Chargers and the Chiefs, the Broncos are going to have to pr- have a pretty darn good record. If they come out of those games and they still have a pretty darn good record, then they're contenders. But I don't think you can talk about Super Bowl contenders until after the bye. And the reason for that, Mace, is because you still have all four games against the Chiefs 
and the Chargers after that. And the Super Bowl could very easily go through one of these, one of those two teams or in Denver. So in terms of talking about legitimate Super Bowl chances, I think you got to see how you play the Chargers. And that Chargers game, first week out of the bye, and then you get Kansas City really, really quick after. See, here's where I disagree with you because I think contending for the division and contending for the Super Bowl, because of the, the quality of the AFC West, in particular the, the Chiefs' proven quality over the years and the Chargers' quality which the where there looks like they're headed to after what they've shown in the first three games contending for the AFC West I think means contending for the Super Bowl yeah but because potentially are, but it's not like the it's not like the AFC South all respect to the teams there if you're you can win that division and not really be in the conversation and certainly the Titans look like they're going to be in good shape to win that division but with what that defense looks like, we've already seen them get gashed by a team that could be a legit contender over in the NFC, and that's Arizona. And I'd say that you have those four games against the Chiefs and Chargers after the bye, but Baltimore, Cleveland, Dallas, based on what we've seen, and even kind of based on head-to-head, have proven that they are at the quality level of the Chiefs and the Chargers. So if the Chiefs and Chargers are in the conversation, those teams are as well. And if you do well against Baltimore, Cleveland, Dallas, you'll actually have your answer as to whether it's legit contender even before you put toe to leather against the Chargers after Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, and I, I just disagree with yeah. that because you're going to be going either on the road or hosting one of those teams in the playoffs if you get there, and you need to know how 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 you stack up against those teams before. Whereas to competing for the AFC West, it's just, it's just about the record. Now, those games against the Chiefs and the Chargers will have something to do with it, but uh, I, I just really want to see how they do against it within the division before I'm saying they're, they're Super Bowl contenders. But I, I totally see where yeah. you're coming from, Mason. So we're saying that the Broncos are for real right now, and, and we just laid out what they have to do to become, you know, for real, for real. And that is that. That's where this team should be. They've taken care of what they needed to do, and they did it in flying colors. They blew out the teams they were supposed to blow out. I yep. mean, that's that's what it's all about. They're, you know, people are like, "Oh, you only beat Jacksonville by ten. Well, like we discussed earlier, you left seven points on the board at the end. And I do. Does do people think Arizona's a legit contender? I think they should. Yeah, they beat Jacksonville by twelve. Right. Exactly. Okay. And same situation, both on the road. Right. And both of them even had to deal with Jacksonville getting a special team touchdown. <laughs> so yeah. basically, the the Broncos beat the, the Jaguars in the end in much the same way as the Cardinals did. People aren't dismissing the Cardinals, right? Like, oh, Kyler Murray, he's an MVP candidate. They're legit. So... And it's just why, gonna, why dismiss the Broncos then if you're well, not dismissing the Cardinals? I have the answer, and the reason is because of Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, um, from a casual fan perspective, is viewed as a guy that's been on five teams in his eight years. That yeah. that's true. Yes, a guy that was traded from the Panthers and they paid to get rid of him. That's also true. But if you if you want to be optimistic and look at Teddy Bridgewater and see the upside, you look at what he did in New Orleans in those five games and say, well, what if he can do that throughout an entire season? You look and you, you see that he's only 28 years old. You look and you see that he's a former first-round pick, so the talent is clearly there. And you look and you watch the film and you, you see mm-hmm. these first three games, Mace. Not, his success has not been fluky. 
He has he has passed the eye test just as much as he has passed the stat test. But Mace, people mm-hmm. don't don't see that if they don't follow this team closely. So that's why. Where on the other hand, Kyler Murray, you have a former number one overall pick who's now hitting it off with his with his uh, you know genius college minded coach and MVP all, candidate is being talked about. Yeah. So so that's why the Cardinals are being taken more seriously than the Broncos. It's all perception. Thing. Exactly. The thing is, it's you know kind of what your own heart and eyes tell you and sometimes those things lie and that's why you kind of distill it down to what is what are the actual results and yeah the Broncos the Broncos get to their double digit win over Jacksonville in a different way than the Cardinals do okay they're they're both taking two different paths to the same destination yep but one path is considerably sexier in terms of how it's perceived yep well but the other thing we know is that the Broncos path, if Teddy Bridgewater can keep doing what he's doing, if that if he does that, then their path with defense, it's a path that teams have taken in January before. Yeah, you're right. Defense travels. Yep, defense travels. And uh, someone that's buying into the Broncos is Vegas. And our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook were Mace. They don't need to be convinced over at DraftKings Sportsbook that the Broncos are for real because they have the Broncos as favorites in this game, opened up as one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Baltimore Ravens, which is incredible. And if you want to get in on that line, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this incredible offer. If you bet $1 on any game this week, you'll get $150 in free bets instantly. So bet a dollar, you get $150 to spend, and you can use it on a game tonight. You can use it on Thursday nights. Uh, boring Thursday night game, but if you have juice in it, it'll make it fun, and of course you can use it on this week's game against the Baltimore Ravens. So make sure to go over to DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app, use the code DNVR to sign up and get $150 in free bets this week uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I need the reads. Oh, I, I well, you know what? Let let me uh, let me something that you don't need a read for is knowing about the tailgate that we've got going on. Of course, we have got the digital tailgate Sunday mornings, but then we've got the physical tailgate going on, and of course. It was a hit last week, Mace. It was so cool being so close to the stadium, having unlimited pizza. Breck Brews were flowing. Good company was flowing. Speaking of Breck Brews, their good company seltzers are amazing. And you also have the great company of our DNVR fam, and the party buses are awesome. So you want in? It's only 20 bucks to get all-you-can-eat pizza from Sexy Pizza, which is absolutely delicious. It's only 30 bucks to also get a party bus from the DNVR bar to uh from the dnvr bar to the tailgate you get in the tailgate you get the pizza you get the beer you get it all uh and then you get a ride back to the state or back to the bar and what i'll say is guys if you come back to the bar after we'll be doing a post game pod would really like to see you guys and maybe even have another live audience so make sure to check out the tailgate this week if you're heading to the game it is the best place to be so we have breckenridge brews at the tailgate by the way i went early what was the supply of Breck Brews by the end of the tailgate? Oh, well, I mean, it, 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 there were buckets and buckets uh, of, Still of, left. Bre- of Breck. You know, I didn't, I didn't check on my way out. All I know is okay. the pizza was there. That's for sure. In other words, what I'm saying is that you come on down to 
the tailgate, and you're going to get a lot of Breckenridge brews. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's another reason to sign up for the tailgate because it's a great deal. $20 for the tailgate, $30 for the bus ride, and you get access to our treasure trove of Breckenridge brews, or you can come on down to the DMVR bar whenever you want for dinner this week, and you can get some of those delicious Breckenridge brews. And guess what? When you get a Breckenridge brew at the DNVR bar, at your grocery store, anywhere else, one percent of what you get of what you pay for that beer is going to go to the National Parks Conservation Association to help our great outdoors. It's part of the thing that they've got going on this year to help to help take care of the great outdoors, especially in the wake of the wildfires that were in Colorado last year. So have some of those delicious Breck brews and know that one percent of what you get of what you pay for that is going to go to help our great outdoors. Of course, if you want Breck brews, and maybe you're in the suburbs, maybe you're down in Littleton, check out the farmhouse down off Santa Fe and use that code DNVR to get $5 off your meal. You can eat in or you can take out 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for pickup. Use that code DNVR and save $5 off your meal. And of course, you can get beer delivery through Drizzly Yeah, if you're down near the farmhouse at their brewery in Littleton. And they have the full array of Breck brews down there, just like we have the full array of Breck brews here at the DNVR bar, so check that out. All right, Mace. Now I want to talk about how for real this defense is. How good is this Broncos defense, and can they hold up against much better teams? Mace, over the past two years, no team has had a better offense in terms of scoring than the Baltimore Ravens. So the Broncos jump from shutting the New York Jets out to going up against the best offense in the NFL over the past two years it's not the Kansas City Chiefs it is the Baltimore Ravens two years ago they put up over 500 points last year they were in the top 10 making them the most dangerous team in the last two years so my question to you is will this defense be able to hold up not just against the Ravens this week but the following week you have the Steelers who I mean the Steelers maybe be may be the biggest hit or miss offense in the entire NFL uh, and then you have the Raiders who Derek Carr is the only quarterback in the NFL right now to have three straight 300-yard passing games. He leads the NFL uh, in passing yards. He has over 1,000 passing yards through the first three games of the season, which is just insane. So their offense is clicking, and of course they have a solid running game too. And then, Mace, you also have the Cleveland Browns on the road. That may be the toughest game on the schedule, maybe even including Mm -hmm. against the Chiefs. So how is this defense going to hold up going from dominating terrible teams to playing dominant teams? Well, it's probably going to have its first taste of real adversity. Okay. I mean, you think about the first week, and you've got the Giants in single digits all the way until the last play. Mm-hmm. Second game, you go against the Jaguars. You shut them down after the first possession. Third game, you shut down the Jets entirely. I mean, this is what you should do to teams like this but you look at Baltimore and last week against the Lions snapped a streak of seven consecutive games in regular season games I should say because they had less in the postseason seven consecutive regular season games dating back to last year where they scored at least 27 points mm. and since the start of last year this is a team that is averaging uh, I believe let's see here I got it in front of me 28.9 points per game since the start of the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. This is what you're talking about when you're talking about a team. It makes over the past two years over 30 points per game. Well, the, the last 
two is that include 2019 yes okay all last right two full seasons. okay two so two plus seasons and when you said two years i thought you were referring only to 2019 2020 and 2021 yeah this isn't a full yeah, season yeah. yeah so the last two seasons 28.9 points per game since the start of 2020 if you hold that team below to about five points below their average yeah. kind of what the, what the broncos have done to their opponents so far this season yep on average that's that's uh 24 points and that's why against these teams that are looming now not so much pittsburgh but baltimore Las Vegas, Cleveland, you have to adjust your expectations right. of what you, of what happens on the scoreboard. If the Bronco, you know, if the Bron- it's like Kansas City. The Broncos, obviously, they haven't beaten the Chiefs since early in the 2015 season. But in the Vic Fangio era, what have the Broncos done against Kansas City's offense? And this is just offense, not accounting for defense, special teams, touchdowns. Held them to, I believe, held them way under 23, 23, 29, and 22. You'll take that any day of the week. That's ho- you're holding them to about a touchdown below their average per game output. Yep. And that's, and that's why I can't be frustrated in any way with what Vic Fangio's defense has done against the Chiefs because you're doing better against He's them been than great against on the a Chiefs, consistent personally. basis than almost anybody. Yeah. So my expectation is holding the Ravens to about five to seven points below what they usually do. You hold the Ravens to 21 points, 23 points, guess what? You've done a good job against that unit. Yes, you you absolutely have. And so to put it in perspective, Mace, of what the Broncos have faced and what they're facing in the future, they've faced the New York Jets, who have the worst scoring offense in the NFL, only averaging Mm -hmm. 6.7 points per game. Boom, that is mind-blowing bad on mm-hmm. the Jets' part. So they, they face the worst offense in the league. The Jacksonville Jaguars averaged a whopping 17.7 points per game. Makes the Jets look even worse. Don't, forget, Jacksonville... don't forget two of those are special teams touchdowns. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, still, even with the two special teams touchdowns, Mace, that they're still sixth worst in the NFL. And then you have the New York Giants coming in at ninth worst offense in the NFL at 18.7 points. So the Broncos go from playing three of the bottom nine offenses and absolutely dominating them to now in the next three weeks they play three of or they play yeah three of the top 11 offenses in the NFL this week the Ravens they're the 11th highest scoring offense in the NFL averaging 27.3 points per game uh in two weeks they play the Raiders who are the seventh highest scoring offense in the NFL averaging 30 points per game and then two weeks or and then a couple weeks after that they play the Browns who are the ninth scoring offense in the NFL averaging 28.7 points per game so like you said the broncos are holding teams under their average already if they do that here they still will be giving up in the 20s they'll be giving up between 22 points per game and 25 points per game now broncos should absolutely win if they are holding the baltimore ravens to 22 points per game if they're holding the cleveland browns to 23 points per game they should still win but we're getting a little dicey and if they hold the raiders to 25 points a game boy 
It's going to be a close game. The Broncos offense should be able to top those. But, Mace, we're also talking about this Broncos defense keeping them in every single game. Mm -hmm. And that's not expecting anything great from the offense. If the offense does something great, then these are these are wins for the Broncos. And it's comfortable saying if the Broncos defense holds these guys to in the 20s and the Broncos offense does their job, then this could be a 3-0 and stretch. And then you throw the Pittsburgh Steelers in here yeah. who, who don't have this good of an offense. Uh, they, we're talking about, you know, four wins. But, again, you don't need to go 4-0 and in this next stretch. You're not playing the Jets, Jaguars and Giants where you have to get these wins. There's another thing also that you have to kind of factor in here. We're rattling off offense and defense. You've got to stop having breakdowns on special teams. There is a margin of error though, Mace, but yes, it's you, a you, you slight must. margin of error for error. If all of a sudden you give up a touchdown on a kickoff return like you did against Jacksonville or you have a, you had a punt deflected on Sunday by the Jets at one of Sam Martin's punts, Jets got a hand on it. If that's a punt block instead of a punt deflection, it's going back the other way. Might be two points, might be seven points. Well, it really, that's, makes this and these... that's and that's and that's the thing. These margins are close enough to where you got to make sure that that phase is on point too, because you don't want that to be the reason that you lose one of these games. Well, here's you the have good to clean thing. That up. Here's the good thing, mate. Yes, you absolutely have to clean that up. But here's the good thing: is these numbers include that. So the Broncos have the best scoring defense, including their gaffes on special yeah. teams. They still lead the league, averaging 8.7 points given up as a team. And we're talking about that as a defense, but that's, that's as a team. That's still the best in the NFL. Hey, that's good. But you had, you had like you said, the margin for error. The margin for error against the but against 8.7 these points per game right. with that. So, right. yes, I know. your margin of error is but you're, huge but still. You're, but I, yeah, I agree yeah, with I'm, you about special teams. Yeah, I just don't I'm, think that's as important as how well the defense plays. It's not as important, but it's the kind of thing where we're talking about these the differences in terms of if the Broncos are at their same rate relative to the average of the opponents and their opponents are. If if that's the case, then you're talking about uh, roughly about a one or two point differential. It's in favor of the Broncos right now in terms of what they've done to date if they are hitting their rate relative to average for their opponents. But... One big mistake flips that. You're in the you're in the realm where one mistake in special teams can undo everything you're doing offense versus defense and defense versus offense. And that's why we need to see more from Tom McMahon's unit. Well, there's no question about that. That's just something that I don't want to count on because we haven't been able to count on that for for a long time. They're 32nd in special teams right now, and it ha- and we we say it hasn't hurt them, but we always say yet. Of course. Yeah. Of course, and I no, I, no one's disagreeing yeah. with you that the special yeah. teams has it's, to be better. It's, I mean, it's worrisome, and that's when I think about how if the Broncos lose to the Ravens, how it happens. I could see Denver's struggling special teams against a Baltimore special teams unit that is usually good. Don't forget what John Harbaugh's background is, is on special teams. Mm-hmm. When are the Ravens bad on special teams? Probably not ever. Right. Rarely are they substandard, so that's what. If I if I think okay, if the Broncos have a heartbreaking loss, what do I feel like I might be writing and saying was the difference? And I I fear it could be something in the kicking in the kicking game in the punting game in the coverage game. Yeah, without a doubt, I, I completely yeah. agree with you. And and like I said, I think everyone yeah. agrees with you that 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 yeah. that is a concern. I know that's not the direction we were starting to go in, but I guess that's that's the thing I keep coming back to as I start evaluating this game is that. This this should be 
in terms of offense versus defense, defense versus offense, this should end up being a fairly even game on balance. Yeah. It, it, and that's where you say, okay, what happen, What happens to tilt it one way or another? It's usually at the margins on special teams. Yeah, without a doubt. So, Mace, back to the defense. How? What do you expect from them the next four games in this tough stretch where they're going up against really good offenses? If they allow an average of, say, 22 points a game against these four teams— They've done a great job. A great now. Is that realistic to expect them to do that going into this? Because you said the five-point average, they would actually be giving up more than 22 points per game. So they would be doing a better job even against than Pittsburgh, their average. Even with Pittsburgh coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I could, yeah. But you're also you're also getting Ronald Darby back. You won't have, you won't have Bradley Chubb, but I think with Malik Reed, they're fine. No offense to Bradley Chubb, but Malik Reed and Von Miller together should be as productive as 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 Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Yep. I don't think there's a the I don't think there's a huge drop off there, put it that way. Right. And because of that, I I think it's fair to expect twenty two points a game. I agree. And if they do that, they're probably if they do that, I expect at minimum they've won two and then maybe they've won three. Yeah, I think if the defense is able to do that, Mace, I agree. Yeah. I, I do think they end up going three and one in this stretch, which is crazy. But also what's the loss then? Uh, the Your loss, Cleveland Browns. The loss will be Cleveland on the road on a Thursday night. The way that game is set up is just a nightmare for the Broncos. So let's dream for a moment. If that's the loss, what's what is this town like if the Broncos are six and zero? Oh, it's gonna be on fire, Mace. <laughs> it, it's gonna be on fire, and then you get to come home right after that Cleveland game, where you have an extra, you have ten days off, and you get to play the Washington Football Team with Taylor Heineke as the quarterback. Man. That'll be quite I, a way I, to bounce back from I, I, a loss. I'm just I'm sorry. I, when you said that, it got me thinking. Wow, that means they're six and zero. Oh. That yep. mean that means a colossal Thursday night game. Think think about how the how the nation would right be since that's their only primetime game. Actually, yeah, actually excited. And well, we hope we hope it's not the only primetime game. You were going down the path last week of talking about how if there's a Monday night round one game yeah that oh well that allows the broncos to keep their money night streak alive i'm i'm thinking more in terms of if they're doing well they get a game flex to sunday night football mm. at some point i actually chiefs the, week 18 maybe the first one i looked at was the chargers yeah that would be a fun one but i think Baltimore, in la no um thanksgiving weekend oh you you think the early one well that's I think the first the one, one i looked at and i said oh well no because i believe the primetime game right now, Sunday Night Football, is Baltimore-Cleveland. Mm, that's sticking. Yeah, I don't think that's moving. Now, I did see someone bring up Seattle-Pittsburgh in a couple of weeks looking kind of iffy, and that's when the Broncos play the Raiders. Mm. They would have to They would have to determine that here probably in the next seven days or so. They start flexing games already that the, early in the season? They, they st- the, the flex has moved up to earlier in the season, yes. Wow, but that early week six? Yeah. Wow. Wouldn't that, that would be, be something fun. at home? Absolutely it would. Oh, we gotta we, we gotta pull this back. No, we don't because I was, we, we, I was we're taking a earlier, dose of the hopium here. I believe uh John called me the eternal optimist earlier. I mean that uh that, that could be sprayed on Mace as well right now. It's good vibes 
on this Thursday. And it's as man, contagious I, as Delta variant. I, oh, wow. And I love dreaming right now, Mace. And I love dreaming because there's actually something to go off. And yeah, shout out to uh, John Hoffman. I take that as a compliment, uh, John. So thank you there. And if, if you need a little confidence boost, Mace, like the, the Broncos have with three straight wins, Check out our friends over at Manscaped. Well, they will have you looking good and confident below the belt because they have the best tools for the family jewels. And I'm talking about the Lawnmower 4.0. Guys, it's waterproof. It has an LED light. It has wireless charging. It has long-lasting battery life. You can take this thing wherever you want to go. The battery life is going to be there for you. So, whether you're in the woods and you're looking to get cleaned up, whether you're at home, whether you're in a dark shower, you can do it because it is waterproof with our friends over at Manscaped. You guys got to check out the Lawnmower 4.0. Over 2 million med worldwide have the Lawnmower 4.0. So I'm talking to you, Timmy, in Sweden. You can get this Manscaped uh, and anyone else outside of the country as well. And if you use the code DNVR at checkout, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping over at manscaped.com and check out all of their other uh, uh, offers as well because they have so many great things uh, as well, including the Performance Package 4.0, which you'll get the Crop Reserver, the Crop Reviver. You'll get the best performance boxers out there. And, of course, you'll get the travel bag that you need as well. So make sure to check them out. Use code DNVR over at manscaped.com. Also, you want a little confidence that comes from it in a different way. Check out Solace Meds, the a premier dispensary here yes. in Denver, in the Denver area. There are four locations, two here in Denver, including one just blocks from the DMVR bar, one in Fort Collins, and one in Wheat Ridge. And they've got deals for you in September, including 25% off Can America gummies, 20% off strains, tinctures, 25% off rock and cartridges, 20% off glacier concentrates, and... Guess what? You can use the code DNVR20 and get 20% off your order and a free Solace Bar or King Cone. And you can get that at any Solace Meds location. Here's what you do. You go to solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com. Place your order. Use that code DNVR20 to get 20% off your order. And then go to your nearest location and pick up your order. It couldn't be easier. They'll make your cannabis shopping experience a delight. So check out Solace Meds, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com. Use that code DMVR20 to get 20% off your order and get a free Solace Bar King Cone with that code. And Mace, all this ball talk has me thinking about our friends over at Ball. And they want to hire you so that maybe you can purchase products from Manscaped. Maybe you can purchase the Solace Meds products. But Ball is a fantastic place to work. And I'm talking about Ball as in the name of the arena that the Bron- or that the Nuggets and Avs play. I'm talking about the aerospace technology company. And I'm talking about the company that made over 100 billion cans last year. They want to hire you for their 400-person production plant here in town. And Golden, they are expensive expanding their efforts and they want to bring you on board to work with them so make sure to go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden or you can text golden to 77222 to find out more information about finding a job at ball and not only do they want to hire you but they want to hire you at a great place to work ball is all about uh, giving everyone an equal opportunity so when when you're hired that's what they care about and then once you're hired they want to give you opportunities they want to support the groups that you're interested in so it's a great place to work so check them out at jobs.ball.com search for golden or text golden to 77222 all right mace let's talk to the people first of all we have any super chats today ali or anything Okay. No super chats. You guys making and, me making me sad. And right anything now. anything interesting in the comments or not really 
Allie. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Just before we dive in here. All right, so we do have some questions. Okay, we'll get we'll start with a couple from the comments from the live comment section then. The first thing is a statement. Ryan says, I want Mace to bring back the bucket hat. <laughs> That's only kind of like, it's like a camp in summer <laughs> thing, though. Like, okay, you want me to like, I guess, Ryan, I will wear a bucket hat in studio next time I'm here. There you I go, will remind Ryan. myself to do that just for you. How about Even that? though I probably can't wear it the whole time. Why because, not? Because if I do, and then it's like the light, then... You know, it's going to affect the light on my face and I'm going to look like I'm in the shadow the whole time. I don't know. I'm not not sure it comes across very well visually on camera. So that's but yes, I will have it on. I will have it. I will wear it, Ryan, just for you. All right. Next question we have uh, is from Ryan as well. He's asking, are we upset about the time management with Vic this year? No, no, uh, I'm not. Now, I know there were some questions about Vic, uh, you know, not calling timeout before the end of the half to get the ball back. Vic was asked about that yesterday and just simply said, no, that was something that we didn't want to do. And I don't blame him. I mean, really, the the cost to, to benefit ratio is you're probably risking a lot more potentially throwing a pick mm-hmm. or a pick six or something in that situation and losing all momentum going into half. So uh, I don't have any any problems with this time management so far yeah i i know people are that for and looking at the end of the first half but i completely agree with that it, the the game situation dictated not calling a timeout because the worst thing you could have done there remember you had the jets getting the ball coming out of halftime the worst thing you could have done was given the jets an opportunity for a quick three points and then they get a touchdown coming out of the half and they've done the two for one around halftime and it's gone from 17 nothing to 17 10 Right. That's the, cause like, think back to, we kind of saw it was a different scenario, but Sunday night football, the Niners got the two for one, right. Mm-hmm. And basically turned 17, nothing into 17, 14 and changed the, and changed the entire complexion of the game. There was no, in that moment, there was no reason to do that. I haven't had any beef with Vic's time management this year. I think he's done fine. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right, we have a couple more live questions coming in. And, of course, you can leave your questions live on here. But if you want to guarantee that we'll read your questions, go to thednvr.com, go to the podcast tab at the top, click on Broncos at the top, scroll or click on the very first one, scroll to the bottom, and if you're a member of our family, you will be able to leave a comment, which, of course, we'll read on the next day's podcast. But we'll get to a couple more live comments before jumping into those really quick. Okay, We've got here, um, it's Strez said, chances we've limited our play calling on offense and defense to limit what we put on film when we play some legit contenders. Ooh, because honestly, I kind of had that speculation going into this game this this weekend that I feel like you weren't going to show the Jets anything unusual because you didn't want to put anything on film. I think there are some looks, I think there are some blitzes that – we have not seen yet that we're going to start seeing this week. Mm. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think something that was also they were kind of holding back was the KJ Hamler package. Macy was only on pace before he got hurt for less than 400 receiving yards this year. Yeah. Uh, he was not a big part of the Broncos offense. That's why losing him, it doesn't really impact them as much as it should. And why I say as much as it should is I think they were saving a KJ Hamler, a, a lot of KJ Hamler plays for when they had to score a lot of points against Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Raiders. I don't have that. Yep, exactly. Maybe you can – it's obviously not the same time type of player, but you can maybe alter them 
for say Albert Okwebenam. Right. To create a different kind of mismatch than you'd have with KJ Hamler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that that the mismatches you can create mm-hmm. with Noah Fant and Alberto are huge. All right. I think we have one more live comment here. Yes, from Grant saying, "What team would we have to handily beat for Mace to say, quote, okay, yeah, we're a hundred percent legit." Handily beat. Yes. I mean, again, I think they're a legitimate playoff contender right now. But like, where you're saying 100% legit. So I think he's saying yeah. Super Bowl contenders. I think if you win, if you beat Baltimore by a couple of touchdowns, hmm. I, think we're, I think we're starting to say that. Okay, but we're starting to say that. When you're 100% legit about it, Mace. Ooh, Is it know. Baltimore? It's okay if it's Baltimore. 100% I think would be if there's if they just these next three. We talk about them being six and zero. If they're six and zero, I think they're legit, and I don't think going to Cleveland would change that. I agree because you'd say, "Oh, well, you lost, no, but I it agree. was at it was at Cleveland." Yeah, tough loss. I I agree with that. And then the the one that you don't have to handily beat them, but if you beat the Kansas City Chiefs, look, the AFC has run through them for many years now. That's the team that you have to beat if you want to say they are a hundred percent legit. And they have two games against them, so they can go one and one. Uh, but if they beat the Chiefs, then you are saying the Broncos are one hundred percent legit all right may so let's hop into the comment section on the pod side of things and first one's coming in for you yeah from count brigula now it's count no longer count locula my gents in lights of the light of the stern's int and the mounting injuries i'm starting to see another positive aspect of peyton's shotgun draft approach the more guys that you draft not only gives you more chances to hit but also can provide you with depth pieces that often help so- soften the blows of injury plagues. The late round guys might not get second contracts, but if they are decent and can fit within your scheme, they can keep you in games that you may otherwise be destined to lose should your twos and threes be subpar and love the count. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic point. And Mace, one thing it reminds me of when I think of this is, was Will Parks a successful draft pick? Yes. Without a doubt, in my mind. Now, was he a guy that got a second contract here? No. no. Broncos let him go. Then they brought him back for a little bit. But, I mean, we're tied. That's a late round guy that the Broncos got that had contribution, wasn't a full-time starter, but started when they need to and added so much depth. So the count, I, I completely agree. Yeah, and again, you're defining success differently with day three guys, especially late right. day three guys like right. round six and seven. But if they help your depth, they can step in from time to time. That's why like Jonathan Cooper is so intriguing. Yeah. I don't know if he's a starter in the making. Does he look like somebody who can come in, play some snaps, hold his own, and do that for a few years? Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Next one from Melbourne Bronco. Hi, guys. I've been on the Teddy train since day one. I love that guy, but I hope George Payton holds off on any contract extension. After seeing that Green Bay QB12 do his stuff, he has to be number one on George's 2022 plan. With his defense, Denver will be Super Bowl favorites next year. Cheers. Yeah. There's a long ways to go. There's a lot of things that will happen with the Broncos, with Teddy, with Aaron before we start thinking about that again. But you're right. I mean, this team with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, we talk about how there's not that not everyone is bought in on the mm-hmm. Broncos yet. If the Broncos are in this exact same spot with Aaron Rodgers playing the exact same way as Teddy, just because his name and number are different, people would be 100% bought in. I think if you gave all of Broncos country truth serum and asked them, with that Sunday night comeback, were you thinking about the possibility of seeing that in orange and blue? Oh, of course. That about 95% after taking truth serum would say, yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, I don't even think that people need truth serum to admit that. 
I think people, yeah, I think people I, like Melbourne Bronco. I think for yeah. they put it on the back burner, but Mesa, it's it's still bubbling back there. It is, and even at th- it says a lot that at three and zero, it's still bubbling. Right. And, I th- and the other thing, did you see that handshake between Kyle Shanahan and Matt Lafleur? No. I mean, it was like br- you know just brisk, and <laughs> these are these are two guys that have been close. Right. But everything with Aaron Rodgers. And Michael Silver had a really interesting thread about this on Twitter. Right. Everything with Aaron Rodgers has kind of driven a wedge mm-hmm. between these two guys who are both kind of part, you know, part and parcel of the, you know, the same tree, the Sean McVay, Understa- Mike Sh- Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan tree. Understandably so, but come on. Yeah. I mean, what what's Matt? I mean, I understand why Matt LaFleur is upset, but I wouldn't blame Kyle Shanahan for trying to go after and get my quarterback. I mean, sure, I'd be <laughs> pissed about it, but uh. I can't blame Kyle Shanahan for doing that. And did you hear Aaron Rodgers after the game? When he was talking about yeah. what Matt said, he said, yeah, Matt told me to go to the sidelines on all of these plays. And what did he do? He did the complete opposite of that. And and it worked. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers wasn't wrong, but man. And then for him to admit that and kind of throw his coach under the bus like that and just show that he deliberately disobeyed his coach, that's something there. Not everything's good in Green Bay. But here's the thing. I love that because there he is so unruffled and so cool that it felt just calm, like middle of the second quarter. He under, But he understood exactly how much time was left. And I think teams should do that more often. If they, and if they work on it enough in practice to where it's something where everyone is, is, pra- is well-drilled at getting to the line quickly, getting set, then you can take advantage of the space that everyone gives you across the middle. And especially if you've got a good enough kicker and with the pride of CU Mason Crosby, the Packers do, and the Broncos do with Brandon McManus, I look at I look at this if I'm the Pat Shermer or Teddy Bridgewater and I say, you know what? With 37 seconds left, with a guy who is good out to 58, 59 yards to give you a chance, this is exactly the kind of drive I want to see you run if we're in that scenario right down to going across the middle. Yeah. Well, I, Perfectly I, okay with that. I agree. I'm totally okay with that. I just thought it was very interesting that he not right. only disobeyed yes. his coach, but then really threw it under the really threw him under the bus. They're just trying to get through this year mm-hmm. without um, killing two each game, other. Two-game win streak now. Yeah. Well, wins are going to make everybody feel good, and it's probably going to be three mm-hmm. after they maul the Steelers and Lambeau Field on Sunday. Mm, next one from Pismo Beach Bronco 07. Not going to lie, hearing about the great time at the bar and all the DNVR OGs attending made me happy, but sad too. Having a big case of FOMO. I want to hang with you all. The count, etc. Hard to wait until our visit for the Washington game. Considering making a spur-of-the-moment trip this weekend. Hey, any chance RK can get a round of golf in? This might be a little bit of an incentive for me to go. I don't think I'd slow you down. Go Broncos. Loving the vibes lately, and I know RK isn't here right now, but unfortunately... He's going to be out of town leading up to that game. He'll be here for the game, but uh, uh, he I don't think he'll be able to get a golf, round of golf in. But we look forward to seeing you in Washington. Hey, I'll be here if you uh, – or, or we'll, we'll be here after the game yeah. in, at the tailgate if you make a stop by this weekend. And, Mace, I can only imagine if the Broncos make the playoffs and there's a home game, how many OGs and how crazy the bar is going to be. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be – it will be absolutely wild if there's a home game. It'll be wild if there's a road game as well. It will but be. But that's going to be locals. If if the Broncos win the division, it should be kind of, You know what? Maybe it should be like a homecoming. Mm, exactly. That's exactly maybe, how I view it. And maybe even beyond winning the division, maybe maybe we need to start something of like a DNVR Broncos homecoming 
one weekend a year, encourage people to come back to Denver from wherever they are, visit the bar, visit the tailgate, everybody come together. And let's uh, let's hope it's yeah. during playoff game. Dan Burke says, "Hey guys, so the Patriots signed linebacker uh, Raquan McMillan to a one-year extension yesterday. McMillan tore his ACL in training camp and is out for the season. But Belichick was very complimentary of him, and they decided to extend him on a one-year er, extend him one a low-risk deal that's essentially a prove-it deal for next year. Do y'all think this would be a good move for Josie Jewell? It's to be determined if Vic will be back next season. But Josie was playing great in his defense and the." The original starting linebacker are both free agents. Even if it's something like one year, four million for Josie, are y'all okay with doing that? Hundred percent at that number. The question is, would Josie Jewell do it? I think so. If and he's I, willing to do. Fortunately, I think that's something the Broncos can take advantage of. Why I say unfortunately is I, I hate players uh, having to do that. But what's he going to do? He's not going to go get a long term deal that's worth big money. He probably wants a little prove it deal. The three best players on the Broncos defense in those first three weeks were Von were Von Miller, Josie Jewell, and you could debate whether it was Justin Simmons or Pat Sertan. Yep. But the point is, Josie, you could not he go was one through of them. the three best players without saying the, the name Josie Jewell. I agree. And that's enough for me to say, if you're willing to take a prove-it deal, let's do it. Yeah, so Dan Burke, I think I think you hit it on the head. I, I would do that as well. I wouldn't and, even be surprised to see if it's like $2.5 million. And that injury, it's a peck injury. It's tough. But we have seen Elvis Dumervil recover from that and have no drop-off. Yep. It's an, it's an injury. It's kind of like Von Miller's injury last year. Once you get past it, you should have no effect going forward. Right, right. And that's the only good thing about these injuries right. is, is that there's no effect. Next one from Ozzy says, my boys, they, the mighty reach of DNVR made a purchase for Manscaped and put the code DNVR, expecting it not to work way down under. But bam, 20% off. I think it's because Mace has been doing the crop reviver spots, and it gave me luck. I'm very happy with how he started, but seen us caught out in the past. Cautionlessly optimistic. Chiefs can't stop anyone, so if teams can slow them down offensively, the AFC West is going to be a big fight, and a big fight it's going to be. The Kansas City Chiefs right now tied with the Detroit Lions for the worst defense in the NFL. They're giving up 31.7 points per game. Just terrible. And another thing is they're turning the ball over. Six giveaways in the last two games. Mm. Of course, that big fumble in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And then four turnovers against the Chargers. Including a killer pick by Patrick Mahomes. Right. And so now we've seen, okay, what can deflate the Chiefs? It's, It's forcing takeaways and also just having enough of an offense to keep their defense off the field. And oh, by the way, this is where the Broncos' offense is well-equipped to do that. Yep. The Broncos' offense is specializing in long drives. They're, they're basically averaging about a minute per drive per more per drive. Pardon me, I'm going to get that out. A minute more per drive than they did last year. Yeah, which is huge. It's, it's huge to the offense, to the it, defense. It adds up. And it, it's it's one of those things that you don't notice it much as it's happening, but you notice it when you step back and kind of see it accumulating over the course of a game. Yep. So, yeah, you can dream big of beating the Chiefs, I think, this year. Yeah, yeah. Because you have the formula to do it. And, and the defense has been there. Now it's just can, can Teddy do it, and I think he can. And can the Broncos force takeaways? We just saw Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio protege, 
and his defense get the ball out four times. And they're, the fundamentals are great. They're punching it out. Mm-hmm. They're well coached. I want to see that from the Broncos. I want to see more punch outs. I agree. Next one from Mile High Buckeye. My boys, building on my comment from yesterday, I'll be flying in Saturday morning, and I just got my tickets to the tailgate and bus party. Nice. Uh, very excited for this weekend. I was thinking about getting a new jersey while I'm out there. Aside from a Vaughn jersey, all my other ones are outdated. My question, should I go with the GOAT and get a McManus jersey, go big with a Teddy jersey, or maybe another player? What do you think? Go Broncos, and I'll see you Sunday my wreck on a jersey would be going with one of the two Bama boys. And I just think Pat Sertan wearing number two is so cool. But now you got to gamble with going with the rookie. But, man, I think I think he's already proven just how good he can be. You know what? I'm always going to advocate for the retired player jersey. So can't see this, but I'm holding up an image of a Steve Atwater throwback mm, jersey. Love it. The Never blue. going out of style. This is what you, no offense to the to the guys that are on the team right now, but retired jerseys don't go out of style. Steve Atwater, that jersey you could wear for the rest of your life and be good and be quality and represent. So with all respect to the current players, I think you should go with my friend Steve Atwater, who, by the way, was wearing his gold jacket, his Hall of Fame jacket in the press box. Yes, he was. Last week. Pretty baller. Oh, yeah. Just when he gets that Hall of Fame ring here coming up in a few weeks, he's actually told me that's the ring he's going to wear because there are fewer of those than there are Super Bowl mm, rings. I love that. That yeah. is great. That is great. Yep. Oh, man. He, yeah, he has the jacket. and he had, The liner of the jacket is so cool. Of course, it's got his Hall of Fame number in there, yeah. but the lining has the Hall of Fame logos. Yeah. It, All the oh my gosh, it is pretty. That that darn is a baller sweet. jacket. But yes, Steve Atwater is the jersey you should get. Next Period. one from Jock. He says, "What's up, Beast? Listening to you guys talk about DNVR community on the Monday pod convinced me that I had to become a member. I'll be flying into town from New Jersey for the Broncos Eagles game, and I can't wait to meet y'all in person. Check out the bar and enjoy the DNVR tailgate. Much love and keep up the good work. We got him, just as Count Vrigula says in the comments. You know, there was a lot of jersey representation at the." Uh, tailgate this past weekend as well yep and we saw that when the broncos went to jersey a couple weeks back a lot of orange in the stands there at metlife stadium yep jersey broncos represent man yes it, they certainly do and jock so happy to hear that you're joining us and i can't wait to meet you uh in just a couple of weeks here next one from broncos girls seven two three chico bean i'm sorry for your loss i lost my mom 19 years ago to cancer please hit me up if you ever need to talk at broncos girls seven two three on twitter my name is patience i can tell you it makes the world of difference when you're talking to someone who knows how you're feeling as i found out when i found my friend kevin back in california 15 years ago nothing broncos related but i felt compelled to reach out listening to yesterday's pod to be honest if anyone in the dnvr family needs to talk for whatever reason reach out i love my fam and want nothing but the best for each and every one of y'all wow patience nice. i mean just just yeah. showing how incredible our community is and and that's what we're all about here and so happy that jock just joined the community chico bean uh we're, we're thinking of you and, and great to have you with us and then of course patience just showing us what we're all about so thank you yeah. next one from butch cassidy gentlemen who has contained on Lamar this week? Who will Vic assign to him? And who do you think should be assigned to him? And are they different? Well, Mace, we're going to get into this tomorrow just because I think that's an obvious key to the game is containing Lamar Jackson. So we'll break that down tomorrow. Great question, Butch Cassidy. Yep, Omaha. I really like the way Peyton has moved so far this season to add depth off other teams' practice squads. I thought the linebacker they signed off the Rams was a solid depth pickup, Micah Kaiser. And now the addition of David Moore 
gives them a guy who has proven to be an offensive contributor with 13 scores over three years in Seattle. Do you think he can get up to speed and be a factor in three wide sets before Jerry comes back? Yes, eventually. I don't think that's going to happen this week, though. Yeah, it's probably probably at least one week off, probably two. Made some big plays. Intriguing pickup. Also, same alma mater as uh, Trinity Benson. Yeah, By the way, that? did you notice that not only Benson, our old friend Khalif Raymond yeah. is making plays in Detroit as well. He was their leading receiver this past week. Yes. Incredible. He was catching everything. They were using him in the slot, and I'm thinking... Man, I wish the Broncos could <laughs> develop yeah. him for that. Uh, if they only had creativity. They could use Khalif Raymond in the slot right now is what I'm saying. Yes. Oh, right? abs- At this moment. Yeah, at, absolutely. And yeah. talk about a guy that can take the top off. That's true. Broncos only. End of the pod question. What do you think the chances are at the Raiders game in week six gets flexed <laughs> to Sunday night football? Current matchup, Seattle at Pittsburgh. Out-of-state travelers need to plan ahead. Mm, I... Mace, the thing about Pittsburgh is they don't look very good right now, but they're a big market. That's that's a game that typically does well in prime time. So I wouldn't think teams like Seattle and Pittsburgh would get flexed out of that yet. I can see the Broncos' second game against the Raiders being flexed. Uh, now that one's, of course, the day after Christmas or one of the Chargers or Chiefs games. But, man, I think the Steelers would have to be really bad next week in order for that to happen. Next couple of games for the Seahawks, by the way, are the 49ers and the Rams. So they would have to make a call on that. I know they can do the the week 18 flex they can do at the last minute, but usually they like to make a call a couple weeks in advance. Right. So we probably, probably know on this by next week. Who do the Steelers have? Next Steelers week? have Green Bay and then Denver. And the Seahawks have at San Francisco this week and then the Rams at home. I guess the point being that uh, if both the Seahawks and Steelers lose, and they will be underdogs in those games, and they're one in three, the best they would be is two and three, and uh, maybe they maybe they think about that. Yeah, yeah, may, maybe they do, Mesa. Uh, I I don't think they will just because again Pittsburgh, but man, that would be fun. And final one coming in from Chico Bean says, I know three and is a great start, but here comes the real test with these next four games. What are your predictions for these next couple of games? I think we'll go three and one and lose to the Browns, but hopefully we make it out seven and oh. Speaking of dreaming big, we'll just end this pod dreaming big, Mace. What do you think the chances are they're seven and oh? Not good. I've got Cleveland and Sharpie as an L. That game is just so tough. And did you see what Miles Garrett did this week? Yeah. Four and a half sacks. Cleve, look, I know they lost to the Chiefs in week one. That could have easily gone in the other direction. They're getting OBJ back. As long as he doesn't disrupt the chemistry of that team, Cleveland, they're a legit Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, if I had to pick a Super Bowl team out of the AFC right now, they look like the most complete team to me. Mm. And so the Browns may be the best team the Broncos faced this year, and they're facing him on Thursday night Oof. in prime time on the lakefront. Yep, on the road. Tough. That's That might be the toughest game of the schedule. Very well so could, you could be. Lose that. You, you could lose that, and it's okay. Yeah, you're a believer that that's tougher than Kansas City, right? Well, the thing I think is, Kansas City on the road is tougher. But, but here's the thing. You know the Chiefs. You know your division rivals, and what that usually does is it makes those games closer over the long haul than you might expect because you have that familiarity. 
Is it 11 straight games they've lost to the Chiefs? It is. It's a familiarity. It hasn't helped in terms of win-losses. But, for example, the game last year in December, that was close. Close. Yeah. Broncos had no business being in that game, and they were. You know them. They know you. You know, and even you a great know them, team, they know you. You know their weak <laughs> spots enough, and the Broncos have had chances in in midst of all this over the last few years, all this crap. They've had chances to beat them in 2016 in Denver, in in 2018 in Denver, in 2020 in Kansas City. So they've had chances. They just haven't been able to do it. I but just, I think, I think the Browns game just does not shape up as a good matchup. for. No, this it time. doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's, yeah. it's a brutal one. Yeah. The NFL did the Broncos no favors. And we got one hint under, under the buzzer here from some people call me the space cowboy. How do you think the Broncos would have fared so far if Drew Locke were the starting quarterback? NFL trivia question. Who holds the record for most receiving yards in an NFL game? I think that receiving yards record is Flipper Anderson, right? I don't know. How many did he have? Uh, didn't he have like north of 300? Uh, a couple guys have north of 300. Didn't Julio have a game of 300? Yeah, hang on. 336 yards, Flipper Anderson. Whew, how much was Julio's? Still the record. Hang on. Julio Jones, big dad was against Carolina, right? I'm not sure off the top of my head. All I know is he had an incredible Julio game. Jones had, a, let's see, career high in a game. 300. 300. 15 for three, or 12 for 300 on 15 targets. Just incredible. Sixth highest total in league history. Wow. Yeah, so others have done it. Yeah, others but, have done it. It's but, insane that a yeah, wide receiver has had 300-yard games. Flipper Anderson, still the record, set back all the way back in 1989. Oof. And as for how the Broncos would have fared if Drew Locke were the starting quarterback, look, I pointed this out on Twitter yesterday, how a big difference between Teddy and Drew is what they do under pressure. Teddy Bracewater's pass rating under pressure, 111.5 this year. Drew Locke's was 26.2. And... I think the Broncos would have beaten the Jags and the Jets no matter what. I think that Jets game becomes a coin flip. The pressure, especially from the interior, we saw Bridgewater dealing with it. Does it force Drew Locke into the kind of mistakes that he made last year under pressure? Yeah, they don't. They don't, they right. they could very well still be three and zero, but they don't look nearly as good. And it uh, turns Week One into a coin flip. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And Allie, we have one last live question before we get out of here. Yes, we have Angel here asking how to get tickets to the tailgate and the party bus. Ah, great question. Go to thednvr.com, check out our locker, or, of course, you can go to the Broncos' Twitter page, dnvr underscore underscore Broncos, and uh, it is our pinned tweet at the top. Mm. Click on that, and boom, you get your tickets there. So thank you so much. Can't wait to see you out there on Sunday for this game. That bus, of course, the bus ride, it's 30. Tailgate only is 20. But look. Parking is expensive around the stadium. You got Uber and Lyft. They throttle the rates coming out after the game. So you're going to get your money's worth if you get on that bus by not having to deal with that coming out of the stadium, getting some distance away. Then you you can catch the Uber from the DNVR bar after you have dinner here. Yep, exactly. And speaking of getting your money's worth, make sure to check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. You got to go get your teeth cleaned anyways. Might as well go to a place that is fantastic. Uh, They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. They're part of our DNVR family. They've been rocking and rolling with us for a while. They hang out in the bar here with us so you could see them. And then also, if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. All you have to do is schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam to get that free Sonicare 
toothbrush. So check them out over at Green Mountain Dental. And Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you tuned in live, please hit us with a thumbs up, subscribe, uh, and turn on alerts so you know when we're going live. We'll be going live tomorrow morning again. So thank you guys so much for rolling with us. We will break down how to beat the Ravens tomorrow. So make sure to tune in. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Roll out the truck and took a country drive taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase 
Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.